Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. We talk to people all the time. We just do it here on the radio, 2 to 3 every day, Monday through Friday. We're going to talk to John Sterling later in the show today. That's enough to get you out of bed in the morning, get you all psyched up. And we can get a home run call for key Syracuse football players. I think he was calling the game in his head when he was here Saturday watching the uh, Orange football win against NC State, friend of the uh, university and of the program and of the radio station. So uh, John Sterling will join us a bit uh, later in the show. Looking forward to that. Cam Lynch in his usual spot. Had some after-show Twitter yesterday, probably from our one listener. You, you uh, jumped in there. Pete not only listens to the show, Pete in St. Louis, but then is very active on the social. And uh, you guys were going back and forth. Yeah, he says we don't get the fan experience. We're jaded, I think, is basically what he was oh, saying. You think, I don't think he's saying that necessarily. I think he's just saying we're on different wavelengths, which I don't disagree with. I think he was kind of saying that we don't get it, what it's like to be a fan. And I thought that was pretty clear that... We just start grumpy old men who well, don't enjoy ourselves. So. Is that how you view it? I don't. Yeah. I mean, whether I'm a grumpy old man or not is, to me, is independent of how I consume sports, I think. What, what I'm getting at is, no, I don't probably consume sports the same as everybody else. That, that in and of itself doesn't make me grumpy. No, you're grumpy going into it. Like I'm, like I am. Uh, I don't think we're talking about the same thing. I think. Um, what was his recent example? Oh, like fantasy football. Like I don't to not participate in that. I don't think it makes has anything to do with being grumpy. Oh, see, I was looking at it from the being disappointed when Coach Babers doesn't play the quarterback I right. wanted to was the angle I was going. At. Like I would never go to a game. No, I saw you uh, thinking that say as much. Maybe I misunderstood. Well, how about this one? So, Pete, yeah, that's I knew I had something for Pete. And hello, Pete, and thanks for listening. Pete's our one listener, Pete in St. Louis, and Pete likes to tweet the show. And Pete starts off this morning. Do you think the Notre Dame game will be moved to prime time? What would compel Pete to think that it would? That it's going to be a big game, or that it fits better in Pete's schedule, or (laughs) how does that work? I don't. And my response to Pete, uh, the, my professional response on Twitter to Pete is, no, Pete, it's not going to be moved. Yeah, I lo- love you, Pete. But now to have a little more fun with it, Pete, what? what? We're going to move heaven and earth and change game times? The game's at NBC, correct? At a stadium that hosts one college football game a year <laughs> on a station that has one game a week that doesn't doesn't move games. They're not moving games. I don't know what they have on on Saturday night, and I don't want to hear it. You know, NFL flex and all that stuff. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah, we're coming across grumpy again. All right. Well, I don't. I don't mean to be. I'm not any more grumpy today than usual. I just was. I we had, should probably be nice to the one guy. <laughs> that's right. Thank you, the one guy who listens. Thank you, Pete, for listening, and uh, and for chatting. And Pete doesn't ask for anything in return. He doesn't call. You know, give me tickets or. 
I want to kick a field goal or any of those things. He even came out to the uh, Dino Baber show early in the season. He doesn't even live here. I would appreciate him calling and explaining like what he doesn't like about our fandom. I don't think he's even saying that. He's not saying I don't like it, or he's just saying we're different. I think that's no, fine. He said we couldn't get it. What, well, he, well, he tweeted fanning. a picture last night of uh, him with Monday Night Football on watching the Syracuse game for the third time. That's never going to happen in my life. <laughs> and... Um, Refreshing something apparently he was on a recruiting site watching for the next recruit. You know, and I think he was even being a little tongue in cheek, uh, uh, facetious on that himself, saying, "I'm waiting to see if an 18 year old chooses my school." I'm hitting refresh. So I think Pete knows he's uh, Pete's dedicated, and God love you, Pete, and all the people like Pete that are buying the tickets, and hope you will uh, continue to do so. But uh, no, Pete, they're not moving the start time of the Notre Dame football game. One thing I think they may do, this will uh, titillate Pete and others. We are talking about it with uh, Brian Higgins in the office the other day. You could maybe see that being a game day situation. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if Syracuse is 8-2 and two and Notre Dame's undefeated, you're talking about ranked versus ranked. Yankee Stadium's pretty cool. The logistics of pulling that off are hard, but that's ESPN. They find a way to get stuff like that done. Now, they don't have the game. The game's on NBC, and it's a 2.30 game. But would that give them an excuse to do game day in Times Square? And everything? If you look at the competition on that day, that's the week before Thanksgiving. So that's the week that the SEC schools all lighten their schedule because they all have the rivalry game the next week. So Alabama plays Cream Puff State before playing Auburn. So that would be really cool. Wouldn't change the game time, but it would kick it up a notch and make it kind of a, a fun thing for the people. Would so, they do the show from... You, you, can do, the, you could do Times Square, you could do Yankee Stadium, you know. Got to do it at Yankee Stadium. Be, uh, do it at Times That'd be kind of cool, right? The problem is, does Yankee Stadium have the space? Where would they do it? No, like in the front? I'm struggling with I know, it. You're trying to get a Myself show. With a, was trying to get a live broadcast out there. There's no place out front to do it, and it's going to be well, cold. Well, I mean... And- there's enough in that uh, that suite, that gate four entrance there. The suite entrance is kind of a little plaza, but it is little. I don't know if there would be a, a ton of room to get done what you need to get done there. Could they do it from inside the stadium, a Monument Park area, something along those lines? But you want the fans in the band. Yeah. Um, so it would be difficult. It would. But, I mean, they have difficult setups all the time. You know, people, Times Square would probably be a built-in crowd. No matter, they may not be there to watch <laughs> no the question. football game. But. but I don't think you just decide, hey, we're going to do something in Times Square like a week from now. I think that one you have to have a little more planning. And so I don't know that that's realistic either. But you could do time. You could do uh, where old Yankee Stadium was is now like a, just a field, Little League field. You could do it there. So maybe something will happen. So uh, thank you, Pete and Syracuse. Hope that uh, all your dreams come true and uh, you continue to listen to the show and uh, support us. So I appreciate that. Are you a fan of watching a game over? Uh, I would like to have more time to do that for professional purposes. You know, we're at, we're at the games. Yeah, I don't not watching tape though. Like, would you watch it? But that's that's the purpose that I, I would watch that. I do you watch Yankee classics? Uh, occasionally, and I, do I sit there and put. And yeah. No, I mean it's just, and I don't really do that with any television, but I have it on while I'm involved in other things or whatever. But no, short answer. Yes, I try to watch time permitting, 
a little bit of the Syracuse game and a little bit of the opponent's last game. Doesn't always happen based on um, other commitments and assignments and things like that, but uh, I would do that. Would I? Uh, but I'd watch it once. I've never a third time. I don't think so. I've never seen the national championship basketball game on television. No, me either. Really? No. I have it. Six overtime game. Like I've, I've I have never those seen things the, on DVD. I, like I've thought, hey, you know, it'd be a kind of a fun get together yeah. is pop this thing in at nine o'clock at night. And, yeah. You know, see how it would delirious be fun you to get, get the broadcast crew together and actually watch the game as fans. That could be like a documentary idea that yeah. we could do. Because uh, I've never seen the six overtime game. On TV, no, you know, and that'd be fun to watch. But I have all the DVDs of them, and I've never. Yeah, no, there's a lot of Syracuse games that I have not seen on TV. I, I probably should be more religious in my uh, watching of the games that we're at. Um, you know, try to pick up what I can from a, a film review standpoint, but to just kind of sit on the the game broadcast and, and press play, uh, probably don't do as good a job of that as I would like. So that's. Maybe a new uh, agenda item there. All right, so let's uh, try to make some time here. Let's go to the break. We'll get Cam Lynch on, and then we will uh, visit with John Sterling, who was uh, the Yankee voice, wrap up the World Series with him. He was at the uh, Syracuse NC State game, as it turned out. So we'll do that when we continue. We're in the booth just getting started today. You can join us by phone if you'd like to chime in at some point, 315-437-7644 or 4ESPN44. In the booth on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the booth on ESPN Radio brought to you by Bugs Be Gone and CH Insurance. Cam Lynch of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up in just a moment. So much happening as there is all the time in the NFL. And then John Sterling, the voice of the New York Yankees, to join us later in the show. But now we have our one we have listener. To bump the NFL player. That's right. We're going to bump the NFL player for a moment to put on a guy who, by his own admission, was refreshing a recruiting site last night. The problem is, if we have our one listener on the air as a caller, who is listening to this show right now? That's what I'm worried about. Hello, Pete in St. Louis. Hey, you guys. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? We're, we're uh, doing well. I, uh, you know, I left my office, went out to my car so I could call in a sports radio show that's a thousand miles away, but I'm doing well. <laughs> so well, thanks for listening. What, what's your beef, Pete? Do you have a problem with us, or oh, we, zero we have a problem with you it? guys? You know that I love you guys. I was just trying to explain. I you know, obviously we know the, the word "fan" comes from fanatic, and and I, I'm probably not healthy uh, <laughs> with it. But I, I like to think I lead a healthy life. I have a Matt. You've met my wife and daughter. Yes, beautiful. We're, we're fairly normal. I hold down a pretty good job. Uh, <laughs> yes. But uh, but yeah, I mean, just not understanding. I was what brought it up was. You guys kind of mocking on folks that play fantasy football, not understanding that it's fantasy, and you know, and Polly's always got a great sense of humor. And he's like, "It's fantasy," but that's what we do, Polly. We we like to pick players and root for them, like we're the GM, or put them in, like we're the coach. That's, that's fine. My only most- clarification: I just want to clarify. I don't have a problem with fantasy football, with you playing it, with anybody playing fantasy football. Go nuts. The only thing I have a problem with is holding it against Todd Gurley. That he didn't run four more yards for your fantasy team. He doesn't know <laughs> you or your team. And they, or he's not obliged to your fantasy team. That's my point. And I get that 100% for sure. I, I, I get that. that. Obviously, the real game comes first. But, and I know <laughs> I'm not like everybody else. I mean, I come home, watch football game, come see you guys, 
at, you know, Dean or Baber's show. I would take our vacations to go see hoops and football. So I'm different than most. Most people look at me like I'm nuts. And I have watched the Q's game for the third time last night. In three days. Did anything stick out in the third? Sorry, Matt. Uh, sorry. Twitter recruit last night, but yeah. I just uh, I love the show, boys. I just wanted to check in and let you know. I, I know it's hard. You, you guys lead a charmed life, and I know <laughs> I know you understand that, which is cool. We do. But uh, the the rest of us, uh, we live vicariously through you. I appreciate it, and that's why we're going to continue to deliver sports content the best we can every day for you, Pete. For the hardworking, well, I appreciate Pete it. And and since I'm the only listener, I know no one will uh, make fun of me for calling in. So no, I appreciate. It. Have a good day. Hey, hey last <laughs> thing, just real quick. Did anything yes, anything reveal itself in your third viewing of the football game that you didn't notice in the second? Um. Well, since I really don't understand the X's and O's of the game, no. But I'll tell you what, I sure do feel good. I'd I'd watch Absolutely. it ten more times. It's been a long time since uh, since uh, we've been this good and. Uh, I can't wait to the end of the year. Right there with you. That's awesome, Pete. Thank you. Go watch it a fourth time. Right. Best of luck to you. That's a great. Uh, have a great day, Pete. In St. Louis, our one listener on the show. We thank uh, Pete for calling, and now he can get back <laughs> t- near his radio to listen as we welcome in an actual NFL football player, Cam Lynch. <laughs> Hello, Cam. Hey, 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 Cam, guys. Cam, we were just talking about uh, the phenomenon of fantasy football, and have you ever heard about it from a fan? Because of yes. some action yes. in fantasy football, like Todd Gurley pulls up short of the end zone the other day, which was the right play for the Rams, but fantasy football players are upset. Yeah, that's the issue I believe with the fantasy. Uh, that's the issue that I had with it before. Um, let's say a guy is out with his family, right, eating. Uh, say Todd out with his family eating, and somebody who's playing fantasy is upset with something that the team wanted them to do, like then there's constant there's automatic animosity, right? So then their interaction is now different. So that's that's where people who play fantasy, um, they have to be able to draw that line. You know what I mean? Don't step over the boundaries. That's all. I'm, I'm right. I'm with you. That's a fair – I think that's a bare minimum here that we can yeah. you know, respect people in real life. They're real people. I would – and I don't want to be holier than thou here. I'm going to say my number one objection to fantasy football – is I just don't feel like I have the time to devote to that, it, it, that or the daily or the gambling or whatever. If I had more time, I might actually participate in those things. You know, there's been a time when I I played, uh, you know, fantasy baseball or rotisserie baseball. There might come a time when I do it again, but but I don't. My my next one though is Cam. I've been fortunate yourself and others. I know you know professional athletes and general managers and people who do this for a living, and I think sometimes people take it lightly. Oh, I'm going to cut this guy, or so and so stinks. They're all human beings, is the way I look at it. So I always want to pull aside a general man, like a real general manager, who has to change right. people's lives every day, right? And I think you know, right there with the Bucks, we know what's going on. The general manager, the head coach, the quarterback—they might not have a job there very long. That's a, that's real world, but it's kind of sad in a way too. And so that because they're real people with real consequences. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, man. So I think. Um, you have to take out you – know, you have to, like you said, realize that we're human uh, and our, our jobs are on the line as well. So uh, when people, you know, who do play the fantasy football, football, they have to uh, put the human factor in it as well. And there's no – it's just a game. Um, and just, just know that there's boundaries and to respect, you know, to respect uh, the player and vice versa. All right, we won't spend a ton of time on the Bucks this week because I know you want to chime in on the Cuse being ranked. But uh... – here we are again. We've been following uh, the Bucks more than ever because of you uh, on the show this year, Cam. And 
the right. whole quarterback thing. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a Hall of Famer the first three weeks or so. Jameis Winston comes back off his suspension. He struggles, and Fitz got you back from way down against Cincinnati the other day to tie the game, maybe put us uh, on the sideline in the moment there, that roller coaster ride, and it winds up being a, a close loss with a late field goal by the Bengals. Oh, man, it was awesome. I mean, we won last week uh, Last week by field goal. We lost this week by field goal. So uh, it's just, it just it just goes to show that um, it's, a, it's a team game for sure because, you know, one quarterback struggled, the other one picked him up and picked up the slack from where it left. So, uh, no, I, I love it. I love the I love the feeling of just coming back from such a a different situation and then um, having you know Fitzpatrick being the better that he is playing in Cincinnati, uh, you know, just going there and owning it. So that, it was it was just awesome. Uh, it was an awesome feeling. Um, even, you know, even though we lost, it was just great to to show that we can be one of the best teams in the league if we just make the plays we're supposed to make and uh, and take care of the ball. Yeah, Cincinnati is right there in the uh, north. Your division, we talked about last week on the show how tight it is. The Saints got another big win, so uh, they're kind of separating themselves. But uh, after that, it's uh, quite the dogfight. And then big picture, what we're seeing around the league right now, Cam, this is the week of the trade deadline, which we always talk about as a major deal in baseball from year to year. Don't really recall it uh, being this much of a discussion point in football, but uh, teams that feel like they don't have much of a chance this year, primarily the Giants, uh, the Raiders, are starting to move some pieces. Yeah, um, it's 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 a big week. Just like, uh, I mean, it's probably kind of like because uh, it's people's lives are changing. So uh, I'm curious to see how things go. Uh, you know, I wish the best for everyone who's in that in these transactions um, because, it, like I said, man, it's just life changing, and I hope it happens for the best for each of those guys. Okay, Syracuse wise, Cam, uh, do you feel a little better walking into that locker room representing a ranked program this week? Oh, I, I, got, I got my shirt on now. Um, whether they're ranked, they're ranked or not, I mean, uh, I rock the I rock the orange and blue. Um, but it is an awesome feeling uh, just to be orange, man, and uh, to to be a part of the organiza- organization, to be ranked teams, and to show that we can that we can do it, that we can make a stamp uh, in the uh, in this um, in this game of football. So back-to-back wins against uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State, going for the North Carolina State Championship this week on a road trip uh, to Wake Forest. But uh, right. these have been close games. It's been this last one they got a late touchdown, so they wound up winning by 10, but it had been three games in a row that were decided by either overtime or the final minute. And this one could have been. It just happened that uh, Syracuse got the late touchdown for some breathing room, so it's been a fun brand of ball to watch. Yes, it's been pretty awesome uh, to be a part of. Just to just to be like, man, like I went to Syracuse and, and we're winning, and it's it's nice to see. Uh, and I said, I said it like in the tweet, I was like, man, like you know, he's an elite coach. It's going and it's showing. Like with that ranking, it shows that Syracuse is an elite program and that we're meant for business. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what what they can do for the year. Praying for great health for all the guys, and uh, we might as well go all the way to the top, man. What's it like, do you think, to be bowl eligible and have that cinched this early? It's 6-2. and two. Uh, They know they can plan on a bowl, and there's still a third of the regular season, four games remaining before you even know what bowl it might be. I think uh, I think the mindset is just to win out. Get the best bowl that you can get uh, with, with whoever you want, right? Like, you know, it, it shows. We play Clemson. We can, we can play with these teams. We can beat these teams. So, you know, whoever is thrown at us, whether it be number one, 
whatever number that they're ranked, I think Syracuse can hang with them. So uh, I say bring them over. Well, Notre Dame is uh, in the rankings near the top. Boston College uh, had been right in there in the in the twenty four twenty five range too. So a couple of ranked opponents ahead. Wake Forest is four and four, and Louisville yet to win a game in the league, and. Even though the Orange have had a better season than their next two opponents, Cam, winning on the road is a different deal, right? So how do you get focused off back-to-back wins at home and everybody's feeling pretty good about themselves, but uh, now you got to take that show on the road? Yeah, this is one week at a time. Uh, get ready for Wake Forest, right? Don't look too far ahead. Don't look too far with these bowls. Like, the players, we can do that. Like, right, we're, we're the, we, we, can, we can do that, but the players, they need to focus on this week. They need to focus on Wake Forest. We're going to be playing – uh, the Panthers, so we're having us North Carolina with this week. We need to focus on these teams specifically and go get these wins because there's more games to be played, and um, you have to just focus on one at a time. Now, uh, somebody, I'll, I'll see if I can remember it. Somebody told me this week a uh, an establishment they go to in Tampa that's very Syracuse friendly to watch the game, and I should have made a note right then because I know you're looking for such a place to uh, to be around some orange on on game day when you're at home. So I'll try to yeah. uh, remember that or salvage it for you. But uh, if they win a bowl, they might be coming your way anyway somehow. Maybe get down there to Orlando or something like that. So maybe Cam could swing by as a fan at a game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever we do, uh, let me know. Whatever um, Syracuse watch parties that there are, you know, by the facility, uh, by one buck place um, in Tampa Bay, let me know. We'll dance to do some things and – Get some things going. Get some cues going in Florida. Very good. All right, my friend. Well, uh, good luck uh, going forward here. Looks like Fitz is the guy for this next week, according to uh, Coach Cutter. Go ahead. Glory Days sound like the name of the bar. Glory Days uh, Bar I didn't and hear Grill the name of the bar. in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. That's the alumni seems, club, yeah. yeah. Seems to be where There's they a couple different alumni clubs uh, down that way, so. Glory days, that was one. So we'll we'll oh, glory uh, days. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll try to uh, throw out some suggestions if we can do that, Cam, and this uh next game is a noon start on Saturday. Don't know if you can make that one uh, for the tube, but uh, see if it fits in your schedule, and we'll find one that does somewhere down the line. Okay, my friend? Okay, most definitely. It sounds great. All right, Cam Lynch of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good to have him on in his regular Tuesday spot. We'll talk ball with Adam Terry on the show tomorrow. We'll have uh, John Sterling of the New York Yankees radio broadcast coming up in a moment. This is a pretty uh, cool website that's got all the watch places. Yes, for, on the Alumni uh, Club website. Yeah, yep. yeah, Tampa Bay is uh, Beefo Brady's and mm-hmm. the the other uh, the place the Glory Days Grill. Okay. Well, there we go. If anybody wants to call me and ask me, I can help you out. Buffalo Wild Wings in Windsor, Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. What's the uh, Royal Oak, Michigan? Mo- the the Blackfin. Uh, yeah, Blackfin. I've heard of that. Blackfin's. There's a couple of those in the uh, D.C. area, I believe. Um, well, this this could be our service. You know, we could. That could be your fan emporium there, Polly. People could call the show and find out just where they need to go in, if in we uh, end up various at the cities. Bo- uh, the, is it the Belk Bowl in Charlotte? Mm-hmm. It would be uh, Dilworth Neighborhood I've Grill. I've been there. I've been to Dilworth Neighborhood Grill. That would be where we would go. No. Independence, Ohio, the Winking Lizard. <laughs> okay. I think you're, you're going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's not going to be good, but we'll let you find the most interesting establishment name. I think host. I just did. That's pretty good. Don't. What about uh, Denver? Is there's a couple uh, QCs that own the Blake Street Grill or Pub or whatever that's right next door to Coors Field. That's a pretty cool spot. Denver, Colorado is the Blake Street Tavern. There you go, Blake Street Tavern. Good spot. Okay. Well, yeah. There's 
People everywhere. I'm on my way to the winking lizard. Uh, yeah, I know you are. That's what I'm afraid of. All right, we're going to do Do We Care when we come back. John Sterling, our Yankee compadre, when we continue in just a moment on ESPN Radio. Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. Mike Gundy, the head coach of the Oklahoma of Oklahoma State, was asked what he thought about one of his players' response to criticism. There's been a lot of criticism of Taylor. How how vital was it to you that, that he gets off to a good start in this game? Criticism where? From where? Outside noise. From where? Twitter, radio. Yeah, oh, I give a rat's ass about Twitter. So I guess if we were to ask him, does he care about Twitter, we, we know his response. Yeah, apparently not. You know... Football coaches are wired differently, and Mike Gundy probably more than most. He's famous for the I'm a man, I'm 40 uh, rants, protecting one of his players at that point uh, a handful of years ago, and he's got the mullet and knows he has a stage and the, the whole deal. I don't make much of this. I mean, if I were a football coach, I would try to protect my players to a degree from the outside, but there's only so much that you can. I mean, if they're going to participate in social media, they're going to see and read and, and hear a lot of this stuff and he is discounting that, and I don't blame him. I mean, we all know what Twitter is. It's it's an echo chamber, and you the thing about it is you opt in. You know, you don't have to participate in it. You don't have to read it. You don't have to look at your mentions. So if uh, players get bothered by that, they really chose to be in that pool. Let me ask you a question as a guy who teaches radio. Would you recommend someone ask a question Using Twitter as a reference, yeah. Where I, don't know you, I mean, I know what he's getting at. Would you, when he he could have said it, the fans, or you know, well, I think the using Twitter as an example is showing proof that it exists tangibly. So he went Twitter radio, just but you know. yeah, it sounded like that was almost a different person yeah. that, that uh, chimed in with the the uh, descriptions or outlets. Yeah, the mullet is a heck of a look for him. I I think he might have ditched it a little bit this year, but he he was rocking it for a while, and it it was. A crazy look for a, for a head coach. Uh, more money was bet and lost at Nevada sports books in September than any other month since the state began tracking sports betting revenue in 1984. Well, I think gambling in general has lost a little bit of the taboo. It's first of all, it's it's more common. I know you're talking about just Nevada here, but it's just more in the open. It doesn't sure. surprise me that they're doing more business. I think you watch the sports shows and people talk more freely about gambling and the the fact that it exists in more places means you know more people are going to participate and, and get into it. I, I think so that just means business is booming and it will continue to. You'd, you'd almost think that since it's becoming legal in some other states besides Nevada that business maybe would be going down in, in, in Nevada, but uh, the senior research analyst for Nevada Gaming Control told ESPN, I think we have believed all along that the expansion of sports betting outside of Nevada would not hurt our business, but could actually help it grow as it gains more exposure and acceptance nationwide. I thought that was really interesting that they all along they've they've they felt that their business was going to go up even though it was getting legalized in other states. Yeah, and the key is acceptance. I mean, I to me intuitively, yes, you would think that their business would go down. You don't need to kind of go through Nevada to do your gambling if you can do it in your own state. But I think the number of people who were legally gambling in the past is such a small percentage. Now people are legally gambling, and it's just much more in the open. The business could grow exponentially here, and uh, I think you're only going to see it 
more and more and and with you know the daily fantasy stuff and and all of that i mean gambling is a big part of pro and major college sports and it's how uh, some people go about uh, consuming it or enjoying it and it's not going anywhere like you said it's kind of eliminated the stigma around gambling yeah. now that it's being legalized yeah, as I said, the, the forget exposure which is obvious acceptance is sure. is uh, the bigger part of, of that statement uh, for me that it's just becoming more commonplace you uh, I'm sure there were some people who felt it was dirty or, or whatever, and you probably don't feel that way anymore. It's uh, uh, kind of a given. The lines are talked about on mainstream sports shows more regularly, and uh, away we go. So that's that toothpaste is not going back in the tube anytime soon. All right, back with more in the booth when we continue. Brought to you by Bugs Be Gone and CH Insurance. Looking forward to catching up with John Sterling of the New York Yankees when we come back on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Back in the booth on this uh, ESPN Radio Tuesday afternoon. Good to have you along with us. The show brought to you, as always, by Bugs Be Gone and CH Insurance. Be back tomorrow with Adam Terry, our football analyst. Thursday as well. Friday, a travel day, so no show. We're pleased to uh, welcome in our friend John Sterling, who I dare to say uh, took in his first ever Syracuse football game on Saturday. Was that a first, John? Well, I don't know if it was the first Syracuse game, but it was the first game I saw at the Carrier Dome, which is a great place to watch football. I loved it. Right. That was that was my kind of game, 51-41. <laughs> right on top of the action. That was the equivalent of a 8-7 baseball game with something big happening like in the bottom of the eighth, you know, that kind of thing. So that was yeah. pretty cool. And at halftime there, you were part of the little peanut gallery that always holds court, you and Coach Bayheim and... Syracuse legend Jerry McNamara. That was pretty fun, I thought. Oh, it was great. We had a great time. I brought three of my four kids up there. Um, and so they were there to meet all those celebrities and all those very important Syracuse people. And we really had a, it was like a cocktail party without cocktails, of course, but it was great. <laughs> well, very cool. Uh, neat to see you uh, there and to. Uh, kind of come and enjoy it. This is a big Yankee country, as you know, and uh, everybody around here listens to you throughout the summer, you and Susan, and we uh, enjoy it so much here on our uh, our same football and basketball flagship station as the Yankee station here in town as well, uh, TK99, so uh, all good stuff there with, with John Sterling, and I was curious what your your thoughts were on the game, and, and you might be the good luck charm, John, uh, getting that one, got the orange into the poll for the first time since 2001, so... Six and two, and nationally ranked, and bowl eligible, and headed to Yankee Stadium here in a couple of weeks. Well, that that's going to be some game. I will be there then. Uh, Syracuse and Notre Dame, and um, what I thought of the game was, I loved it. It was end to end action, and um, the, both quarterbacks, um, you know, took shots downfield, and a lot of them worked. And I re- remarked to someone in our booth, your your boss Ed Levine's booth, that. The last one who has the ball. But anyway, Syracuse made a big defensive play near the end of the game and, and then wound up winning at 51-41. Heck of a game. That's right. Got the interception to uh, set up the put-away touchdown there and win it. So uh, unbeaten at home and uh, back home uh, a week from this coming Friday with Louisville coming in. John Sterling's our guest. You know him as the longtime voice of the Yankees since the late 80s and a great one. And and uh, we wanted to have you on, John, I guess to put a bow on this baseball season. And one of the running gags that you and Susan had this year is every time you went to the out-of-town scoreboard, you pretty much took it as a given the Red Sox were beating somebody. So 
that that was kind of the story well, of the year, wasn't what it? What we used to say is, you look up at the scoreboard, they have the lead. They always had the lead early. Um, well, Matt, you know this from doing so many years in, in sports. Uh, if you're, you win 108 games, and then you win in the playoffs three to one in a five game series and four to one and four to one, man, you deserve it. That reminded me of some of the Tory Yankee years in the, in the late nineties. Um, you know, like football is a game of components. Uh, everyone talks about the quarterback, of course, but you know, you have to have a defensive line that'll rush the passer, an offensive line that'll block for you. And I'm not going to go through all the positions, but uh, baseball is a game of components, too. And the Red Sox only had the big players on top. Uh, Betts, who's probably the best player in the game, and Ben Intendi and uh, Martinez, who had this phenomenal year. But if you notice, they have a lot of depth of players who are good components. And in the in the playoffs, you know, they played Devers and Nunez, lefty and righty, at, at third. Uh, they played Kinsler and Holt, righty and lefty, at second, they played Moreland and Pierce, lefty and righty at first, and it gives them whoever isn't playing can come off the bench. And when the opposite pitcher is on, you can send up your lefties, or if there's a lefty pitching, you send up your righties. So they, they deserved it, and they got over their bullpen problems by pitching starters like Porcello and Avaldi and Sale out of the bullpen in price. So they used their top four pitches both ways, really like the old days. And, um, you know, they deserve it. You have to take your hat off to them. They deserve it. They they were the best team in baseball. Sure were, and so deep. And, and David Price uh, exercised some of his demons by having his best ever postseason. Yeah, I wonder yeah. what you felt for Steve Pierce, John. Uh, he's played for every team in the American League East, the Yankees included. He's been well-traveled. He's 35 years old from the Boston area. And when a journeyman like that plays a key role in the World Series, it's some kind of story. Well, you know that it's happened a lot of times before. A guy that, quote-unquote, you never hear of has a big playoff or World Series. Now, Pierce, it never surprised me because he kills the Yankees. And he's a good hitter. He not just to take the bat, swing as hard as he can, home run a strikeout, which I don't. I like home runs. I can't say I love the strikeouts. And so when Pierce got that big hit the other night, he got the three-run double to right center, and then he hit the home runs. Uh, he really deserved to be the MVP, and that was a great pickup by by Dave Dombrowski. He picked up Pierce and Kinsler to give himself some, some depth, and they both played very well. Well, I guess that leads to the natural thought – you know, it's, it's barely has the champagne dried on anything before anybody's talking about, well, what about next year? And what about the off season? And what's everybody going to do? And uh, you're a, a Yankee expert, and certainly people are curious as to what you think about how they approach the off season. Manny Machado among those that are out there, and certainly everybody looks to the Yankees when there's a big-name free agent on the market. What do you think the Yankees do? Uh, well, I, I think the first thing they have to do is sign Jay Happ. Mm-hmm. I really like Jay Happ. And, uh, but, you know, it's easy for all of us when we do the talk shows and all. They should sign this one. They should sign that one. It's not it our money. It depends on what the agents are asking. <laughs> you know, they, you know, they want to get each pitcher six years, seven years, and it never works. And the guy is good for two years, and then there's a drop-off. 
So that all really depends. But I would, I, I have to go out and sign Jay Happ. With Didi not being able to play for a couple, three months, I think I would sign Adeni Echevarria, who's a very good fielding shortstop, and not a bad hitting, not Didi. And um, if I was going to go after one player who has, uh, unfortunately for the ball club, is going to carry a big ticket, I would go after Bryce Harper. The Yankees unfortunately, became overbalanced with right-hand hitting. And then you stick Harper into that lineup. My goodness. Uh, Yes. He he could play left field with Hicks and and Judge and then uh, Stanton behind them and uh, DHing. And you put a left-hand hitter like that up with um, Didi and, and Hicks, now you get some kind of a lefty feel. So... Uh, those are, those are it's not my money. I know. And, and, <laughs> it's easy for us to Harper say, right? It's going to cost you three hundred million, but at least <laughs> he's an athlete and a player, and he can do everything well. And if I was going to go after a big ticket, he would be the one I'd go after. I'm with you. You know what I love about Harper? And my brother lives in D.C. I've been to a lot of Yankee national games and and uh, nationals against anybody. <laughs> Um, he loves the game. He play. I know early in his career he might have done some silly things. He's just a 19 or 18 year old kid. Plays the game hard. This nonsense about Machado coming out here recently has kind of taken the shine off him. He's obviously a tremendous player, but he looks to be like a headache. And I know the New York papers are writing today about how they think maybe the Yankees will back off, et cetera. We'll, we'll wait till the dust settles on that. But uh, boy, an outfield with uh, let's see if they had Harper, Stanton, and Judge all on the same team. Uh, trust me, John. We we listen every night anyway, but we would be uh, we wouldn't miss much with with that team. Um, but you never know, right? It all comes down to how it plays out uh, next October. Well, I would really if, if uh, you know, I don't know if the money is right. First of all, a couple of years ago, David Price and um, and and Greinke. Mm-hmm. Got uh, thirty million a year. Now, never in your life imagine a ball player getting thirty million a year. <laughs> so, you know, Harper is going to aim for that. Um, but uh, he would be phenomenal for the Yanks, I think. And um, and they have to go after pitching. I, I told you, I want them to sign Jay Happ, and they might have to go after another starter as well. And then, you know, with Severino and um, and um, Tanaka. Tanaka, yep. And Hap, I mean, they'd have a hell of a pitching staff too. They got, they got the best. You know, saw what happens with the bullpens this year, and the Yankees could have won if they were even going to the sixth and seventh inning with that bullpen. So I think they would have a heck of a team. All right, great stuff. Uh, Good to hear your voice as always, John. And uh, you don't need the invitation from us because we're going into your office. But I hope to uh, see at Yankee Stadium on November seventeenth, the Orange and the Irish. Oh, I hope so, too. Thank you so much, Matt. I love being on your show. Appreciate it. All right, very good. Thank you, John. John Sterling, big uh, Yankee guy, obviously, but also now uh, he's in the Syracuse University family. He's got uh, family members that are both here and considering more and coming, and he was at the football game on Saturday. And Loves being good on dude. your show. Well, he's the one. <laughs> he and Pete in St. Louis. <laughs> John likes being on. Pete likes listening. That's all you need. One of each. One guest. One listener. He's got a great set of The pipes. problem is we do the show every day. <laughs> he does. We got one of our favorites. Oh, Adam's tomorrow. I was going to say we have one of our favorites tomorrow, but we have Adam. No, Adam. Well. Wes, 
No Wes? Wes, uh, I think we decided that maybe Monday is better for Wes. He's, okay, good. We were talking about Thursday, and he's got some things he's, he's juggling. been on too much anyway. <laughs> yeah, that'll be his third. He'll be a first-ever three-time participant that we're not paying. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we can't lean on. <laughs> Although Cam Lynch comes on of his own volition. So we appreciate all those. And Cam's uh, phone didn't break up today, so that's all good. All right, good stuff. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, back tomorrow. Adam Terry will talk about the Orange and Wake Forest, get his breakdown of that when we continue. For Tommy and Polly, I'm Matt saying so long. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, everybody. It's in the booth on ESPN Radio.